No, I see that's your first problem, David. I always edit out the title of the podcast. I always I always edit it out. I always uh work my way around it so we don't say it too often. Oh, you don't like that we we say the name of the podcast? Yeah. I mean, for the uh for the purpose of this intro, I think I'll have fun with it and maybe bleep it or put a dolphin noise over it. That'll be fun, you know. Yeah, so people know, you don't want know people we're to talking here that we're talking about Name of people the are just gonna think. People are thinking you're gonna talk. You're gonna see you saying slurs, David. <laughs> natural go-to whenever I'm saying talking about those. Oh my god! Oh, David, don't! <laughs> not them. Well, you know, you know who's not letting me say the name of this podcast? Those damn. No, David, not them. They were. They never did anything to you. <laughs> they. It's singular. It's one podcast. It's called. No, I mean the the group of people that you're saying a slur about right now. I'm not saying like, a slur. I'm saying <laughs> podcast. Oh my god, David! Oh, you said it again. Oh god. Oh god. So, um, Danny, how are you? What's going on, dude? How's your life? Uh, good. I, I you know, maybe uh, I'll let the listeners know. Looking for a roommate, uh, Butchwick, oh, Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, hit so, me up if you think you're not. If you think you you think you can deal with it. Um. If you can handle it, um, yeah, uh, I've been fine though. Otherwise, happy happy to be here in two zero two one. Uh, the big year, the year of the the dolphin. Yeah, dude. Uh, mm, no, what year? Ooh, what's the chi- what's the Chinese New Year? What is it? Ooh, I want to know now. Um, uh, the um uh spinach. The year of spinach. I uh, I feel like it would be more like a, the year of the bok choy, you know? Oh, because it's Korean. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, or, is Korean Chinese or? Uh, oh, okay. well, now we're actually <laughs> now, now. Now I am at now I am actually uh, delving. Oh, dude, year of the ox. Look at that. Oh, it's the year of the ox. Ox yeah. is cool. I I like that's a that's a good one, man. Yeah, the year of the ox is, um, yeah, it's it's sturdy, it's stable, it's leadership. I always got uh mixed up with the Chinese New Year's because I was born in 1988, um, which oh, yeah. if you don't know is an incredibly blessed year, uh, because specifically because it was the year of the dragon, um, which mm-hmm. is the best one. That's just the best one, you know, um. And I year of the snake, which is the second best one. No, nah, it was uh, w- okay. Well, I will give you that is just a dragon, but just on the ground. It's a, uh, yeah, it's just, <laughs> this, it was a dragon on the ground. It's a floor um, dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, it is a floor dragon. But I thought, I I realized that I think, I don't know. Somebody, somebody might have to answer this for us. I don't think it counts if your birthday is pre March. Because the oh. Chinese New the Chinese New Year happens in like Marchish. When this comes out, it's gonna be your birthday. Yes, it will. It will be. But that's sad because it means I'm not Year of the Dragon. It means I'm Year of the Hare, which I don't want oh. to be. <laughs> I'm Year of the uh, Rabbit. Year of the Bunny. If that is the case, the if little, I... Year of the little tiny hairy little furry bunny ball, little baby, oh. impotent 
impotent. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's like. <laughs> good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Little tragic shit for brains. Impotent no, little, no, hair, no David. No, no. <laughs> so welcome to Ponzi screen. This is David. And I'll give you that. I'll give you that one. Okay. This is David, yeah. and um, I, I'm Gabe. I mean, uh, Danny. I mean, David. Danny's Gabe's here. not. Gabe's not. Gabe's not here right now. Gabe's, uh, yeah. Uh, New Year's blessing actually is that even though, in reality, there would probably not be a lot of financial stories quite yet because we still are in the vortex because it's not the first Monday of the new year yet. That's when business officially starts again. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have a a uh, a couple of little pieces of fun things happen, and first I'm actually thing. they're actually quite interesting. First one, Bitcoin rallies above $30,000. Oh my god. Um, for the first time ever. Yeah. So uh one bitcoin is now worth $30,000, is that right? Yep. Yep. Is that um what it is? Yeah, um I don't know if you've ever had the experience of um being on Twitter and mm-hmm. uh whenever bitcoin does like a dive or a rally, um just you know searching the word bitcoin but boy do you get uh some manic tweets <laughs> mm-hmm. you get a lot of you get a lot of never sell never sell oh <laughs> like like people they are it they are in it my friend oh can i can we pause for a sec there's this um one tweet that i really saw that i saw was really funny and i wanted to make fun of Everyone's talking about it. It's the it's the only thing worth talking about when you're on Twitter, aside from uh, talking about whether you are a socialist himbo or perhaps, uh, you know, basically reincarnating Wint in some sort in some fashion. And, but now it's really this guy. This tweet that we saw that we think needs to be discussed was uh, from at Jeff Booth. Uh, he said. Bitcoin might just be humanity's greatest invention because mm-hmm. it allows changes mm-hmm. without historical precedent and mm-hmm. allows humanity a great leap forward as a result. With a potential change of this magnitude, you owe it to yourself to really understand it. And I don't know what specifically he means. <laughs> he sounds like Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> He's like, not talking what, about anything. <laughs> what does he think that Bitcoin is doing that is the greatest invention from humanity ever? Like the wheel. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rockets. Like penicillin. Um, I don't know, fluoride in the drinking water, you know, the squatty potty, like that. It's he thinks that this is the greatest invention from humanity. It allows changes without historical precedent. Okay, so Bitcoin is with historic precedent. The idea is basically what the blockchain is monetizing an algorithm solving a problem, yes. right? And it's monetizing that, it's commodifying that to a certain degree, and it's all open ledger. I would say probably the most innovative aspect of Bitcoin is its open ledger technology, right? But the books being open is, it's like Google Docs, but for your ledger, 
right? Like if everyone's sharing on the Google Doc, you can see anyone who's making a change on it. Dude, I I wish they I wish they just opened every single Google Doc because I'll tell you right now, I've had some <laughs> I've had some wild Google Docs in the past. Dude, when you got one that's private, you start writing things that say something like enemy or not to be trusted <laughs> in yeah. them. Yeah, I wanna I wanna know all the the secret Google Doc chats that where everyone's you know sitting around talking shit on me, you know. That's that's where all the goss happens is on the Google Doc chats. I I, I mean, let's I'll, I'll give this man the benefit of the doubt. He's working within however many characters, two hundred and eighty that you have in one tweet. Um, but uh, it's uh, a little bit of hyperbole. It's a uh, you know I you know uh, we we already know that making Bitcoin uses like as much energy as like small european countries use in a year because the the problems take too much they're too they're too complicated now right and he's what i think is kind of the most annoying thing about this is not only is it like a hyperbole but it ends it with you owe it to yourself to really understand it and it's kind of like first off it's just asking you to for like for someone to explain to have him explain bitcoin to someone like that's the majority of what the tweet is trying to accomplish it's just like give him an excuse to explain bitcoin to someone and yeah no this is, guy this guy this guy goes to the grocery store and they're like okay that'll be 35 37 um would you like a bag with this yeah so the idea is it's, it's actually completely decentralized <laughs> he just goes right <laughs> just goes right into it <laughs> yeah he's like actually i will be paying in one 873rd of one bitcoin that i bought in 2011 actually and did you know that it's a it's the blockchain technology is really open <laughs> did source. You, did, did you know that? Did you? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, okay, so the technology of it being open ledger, right? It's basically a Google Doc, but for keeping track of a currency and how much someone has it and how they're spending it. Okay. That's kind of like, if it's like, it's like if everyone got to see everyone's credit card transactions and you couldn't really mess with it because of that, right? I don't know. We've talked about this before, but it bears repeating Bitcoin as a concept, it is not a novel concept of what, like how it operates financially. This is not something where because it is decentralized or because it's not tied to any current, you know, it's, it's not technically tied to any like nation state or whatever. It doesn't mm -hmm. make it all of a sudden this entirely new invention of the financial system. This is uh, all, this simply becomes a commodity. And it's how it's treated. And these people just don't get that. They see this is like a new flashy thing. It's kind of like how the new iPhone may not have like any new actual technology things. It just looks pretty or might have some mm -hmm. like slight novelty in its technological development. But, you know, 4K lens on its three cameras or whatever portrait mode, you know, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's still a phone. And what's really the most attractive thing about it is that it's new and that it's slightly more novel. That's what Bitcoin is in relation to gold, basically. Bitcoin is gold. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it's also just, you know, Bitcoin is the ultimate band-aid to capitalism writ large because you're talking about a thing 
I mean, because I mean, if you want to get into the philosophy or just sort of like the cultural movement behind it, like everybody who talks about Bitcoin, they have a very they they really do have like this ultimate manic energy behind them, and they're like, I feel like the the big energy and the big um sort of statement that they're trying to make is like, look, we found a way to decentralize this thing and make it so everybody can know what's happening with this type of money. There could be no fraud or there could be no this. And I'm speaking broadly like them in this case. But the ultimate question is, is like, my friend, I think what you're worried about is just corruption. (laughs) And this is just a answer to this one thing. It's not dealing with the ultimate problem. Is it fixing corruption though? Like, what's the corruption that's being fixed? I, I mean, I, 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 I'm talking about corruption writ large. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, like the shit Mitt Romney does, where he takes his money and he stores it in, uh, in, in Barbados and stuff like that. And you're excited, like I said, it's a band aid. You're talking about, you're really excited about this band aid. You're really excited about the tool that's designed to fix the problem that happens over and over and over. When the real question is, is why don't we fix the problem? Why did we invent this tool? But how does, uh, maybe I'm stupid then. How does Bitcoin solve money laundering? Because it's open, it's open source. It's open ledger. Uh, I don't mean specifically like money laundering, but like that, it's like not just money laundering, but like regular, it's like money laundering, regulation, getting around regulation, all the ways that money moves essentially, you know, because you can track the whole thing. You could track it, and again, it's again. I'm talking again. It's sort of like it's the reg- it's a regulatory aspect of it because there it's not tied to a nation state in this way. So it's like it's not like it specifically solves money laundering. It do- it doesn't in that way. But I'm saying it would. It, it, I think in this sort of made up world, it's a situation where where you could see something as patently sort of weird and corrupt like Jeff Bezos or Tim Tim Cook, Apple CEO. Yeah. Uh yeah, where you could see them being like we do all of our money above the board. It does definitely not go to Ireland and then go to Switzerland and then go back to Ireland. Uh I think the Bitcoin people see just the existence of Bitcoin and like the hypothetical of, you know, that that what what that sort of um, transaction would look like as a win because they're just it's not it's not breaking those rules in like a traditional sense. You know, it's it's not getting around regulation. It's just deregulated in its sense, but it it, yeah. it doesn't solve it even, doesn't solve the problem. You know, right? And that's like not even true anymore. Like Bitcoin is regulated now mm-hmm. like yeah yeah there are regulations around it you can just because you like launder money through bitcoin doesn't mean that there might not be some money laundering laws i mean in america the as we'll talk about in a sec money laundering laws are pretty thin uh comparatively which might change soon um but there is still because it's a new technology doesn't mean that it's like a new ecosystem of existence it's not like Oh, we invented a new title for someone. Ergo, they're not, you know, they're above the law. That's not, you can't just appoint yourself high chancellor of currency. Yeah. Actually, 
This is a fun little uh, analog to it is all the people who invested in the dog coin. You know dog coin? Doge coin. Dog coin? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, at the same time that you were probably looking at Bitcoin stuff on Twitter, I had get, been getting notifications about dog coin because apparently the this coin went from being like a fraction of a fraction of a cent to being worth, I think, like a penny or a tenth of a penny wow, or something good now. For them. Wow, that's yeah. great. And they're all just like, yes, never sell. Rally around the Dogecoin. <laughs> Rally around it. It's like, yesterday we were a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a penny, but tomorrow we'll be at a dollar. So what I'm wondering <laughs> is, does it take the same amount of algorithmic activity to mine Dogcoin as Bitcoin? Um, no, I don't think it's, I think it's different in that way. I mean, pff, man. You get a lot of people up in the mentions because of this one, <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, but I mean, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I I think the reason Bitcoin is like, oh man, I could be wrong about this, but I think the reason Bitcoin is so energy intensive now is because it has, it's like they've gotten close. Like there's a set number of them right, that you can right. make that I know. You know, this is like somewhere like 25 million, something like that. You know, so um, as you get closer to that, then you get closer. To the, the to that being the end of it, but if you made a new coin, which lots of people have made, then theoretically, couldn't you just start a new series of mathematical problems for the computer to solve? Yeah, but I'm wondering. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. fully know about the mine, like the mining and creation process. Like, I don't, I can't really like internalize in my head like what making the actual coin looks like. 3d printed i don't really no <laughs> it's literally a, it's literally a server farm dude some people they set shit up they have like home setups where they'll have computers in their homes but they won't look like computers they'll just be like little boxes right, right with like right. with like lights beeping on them so VHS they look like a server farm yeah yeah, yeah. they're, yeah, they're VHS all the thing they're all they're all stacked together and shit right and they're all they're all helping solve bitcoin and they're making their electric electricity bill just through the roof. Just totally. like absolutely. Yeah. So I want to go into what else Jeff Booth has to say, because someone said like that exact same thing. He's the, they, some, some reply guy to Mr. Booth said, the amount of elect electricity it requires in order to barely manage a minuscule fraction of the world's daily transactions is unprecedented too. And he responds by saying, fixing money fixes a whole host of other things. Hard to see how a finite planet can work with a monetary system that requires never-ending growth and will print endlessly to get it. This guy is the author of a book called Price of Tomorrow, Why Deflation is the Key to an Abundant Future. Somehow, He's making the argument that because Bitcoin is going up in value, which means that it's deflating, which is confusing, right? Yes. Because inflation, it's up, but it's because it's deflating, but it's going up. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It's not. I don't like it. No one's happy with the terminology <laughs> the, with the metaphor. No, yeah, no one's. The mixed metaphors are getting too much. Right. Inflation means that the dollar is becoming less and less valuable. High inflation is wheelbarrow full of dollars to get a loaf of bread. Right. That's the yeah. And Bitcoin is now the exact opposite. When a Bitcoin is surging up in price, that means it's incredibly deflating, because it's like. 
a third of one Bitcoin can get you a sports car, right? And yeah. or whatever. I mean, it's that's not true, but like the you know what I mean. And so this guy is basically making the argument that fixing money fixes a whole host of other things. I want to just hard to see how a finite planet can work with a monetary system that requires never ending growth and will print endlessly to get it. I almost understand what he's saying, but the electricity costs. (laughs) It's you're making the finite planet more finite because of the electricity costs. Yeah. And because you're burning real things. And he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't see the difference between like an actual value of something as it relates in like a humanities sense versus the value of something in like a like real like tangible value like material thing like you can't yeah just because bitcoin is super deflating and the price is going way 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 up and its value is going way 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 up doesn't isn't going to solve income inequality it's not going to solve tax evasion either this is a concrete thing this is a commodity that is becoming more valuable for the few people who have it and becoming more and more valuable comparatively so they are getting much 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 wealthier this isn't solving anything i don't see how this is i just don't see where he's connecting the fact that this decentralized ledger tied to an in, tied to like basically an intangible commodity is anything i i don't i just don't see it well i mean culturally i mean bitcoin was just the first to hit you know and i mean it was just the first of though like the idea of blockchain and what i will say in the bitcoin people's defense is like yeah perhaps a blockchain technology could help other stuff it doesn't have to be in the form of whatever Bitcoin is doing in terms of like financial commodities, you know? Right. But, but there's nothing wrong inherently wrong with decentralization. No, no. The the technology is nice. I just don't understand why. First off, this guy doesn't say that he says Bitcoin in particular might be humanity's greatest invention. Doesn't say the blockchain uh, might be humanity's greatest invention. Those are very different things right i mean bitcoin invented it i guess so i mean i guess in some ways it's six to one half dozen to another but he seems to be like worshiping on the ground of the commodity itself not dude people 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 love it they love attaching a narrative to a dude i mean come on don't you remember the days don't you remember 2009 where like you'd hear a story where like a guy paid a, a a crepe food truck in one bitcoin instead of seven dollars and then the crepe food truck guy didn't know what he was getting so he's like oh whatever oh, haha i'll have fun with this and then he took a bitcoin and surprise surprise now it's worth thirty thousand dollars i mean like yeah it's like that, that that's what happens it all, all this narrative got attached you you need to look at it from an ideology you know like the this, <laughs> these the, you know, this this cool, fun, fun thing happened to a couple people and now they worship it. And honestly, I, I sort of understand it to an extent because it's like the polar opposite of gold. Like gold is just like just a shiny metal that looks awesome. It just looks cool as hell. 
and people worship it, and it happens to be scarce, so it's worth something. Bitcoin is just invisible gold. You know, yeah. it's 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 scarce, but it doesn't mean if you can trick your mind enough and do enough mental gymnastics, you can be like, it's it's metaphorically shiny. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> you know. It is, and it, I I think that like the Zizek impression is spot on because it is about ideology. Like this is fundamentally trying to innovate your way out of capitalism's problems, right? Like you see exactly income, you see income inequality and you say, let's just come up with a new currency. Instead of trying to like change fundamental power imbalances and like handle like systemic corruption or promote further social democracy in other ways, shapes, or forms, decommodifying sec segments of the economy. These were things that are like actually tackling structures. They say, let's come up with a new technology that can just wish our way out of inequality or wish our way out yeah. of corruption. I don't really see anyone in good faith being like, you know what? I can't really be, I'm not really going to be corrupt anymore because I use Bitcoin and it's all on the, it's all on the ledgers. Like you just go Dogecoin will just become the, the heroin trading coin. That's what it's going to like. You'll just have a, a a separate cryptocurrency just for heroin. Yeah, it'll be the cool cool money. We'll just call cool it cool coin. money. Yeah, cool, cool coin. Cool yeah. coin. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be the yeah yeah. yeah none of the none of the problems fundamentally get solved when Jeff Bezos still has more than a hundred billion dollars. Right. Like you know. Uh, now, what would solve that is if you took his money and then you divided it equally between all of america which would be very funny because it would be something like five thousand bucks or something like that like you could, e could easily give everybody like five thousand bucks in fact man i'm just gonna look it up right now uh jeff bezos net worth and you Probably. And actually i believe and you, you. And, uh you you can you can sort of uh oh my god david he's worth also 182 billion dollars he's gonna be a double a double a, a double billion. billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, one more thing on Jeff Booth. He says, ironically, Bitcoin was meant to help someone uh, screaming into the wind, defending a system that, this is him replying back to a reply guy, defending a system that requires manipulation, but too afraid to question what they have been told all their life. I mean, by manipulation, you mean regulation? By manipulation. Yeah, 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 I think that's what he beats. <laughs> I'm really shocked that how Dude, I Jeff just... Bezos could he could give everybody in the United States right now five hundred bucks. That would be awesome. Dude, he would be the uh he's the uh he's the stimulus. Jeff Bezos is the stimulus. I got the your stimulus. I got your stimulus right here. He could give us all six hundred six hundo. Six hundo right there. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. But anyways. Uh, moving, yeah. moving on, <laughs> moving on. What, what else is what else is there to say? Look, to go over it one more time, really, money can be only three. Th like things can things of value can only be three things. They can either be commodities like gold or Bitcoin, or they can be securities, which is a stake in a business venture, right? Where you have ownership over the venture. So Bitcoin, as it's structured, is not a security because there is no venture. And you don't own you own the coin, but you don't own like the company and can like make directions on behalf of how Bitcoin operates. 
in the in a real way. So it's not a security. And the last one is a currency, and a currency has to be tied to a nation state because there is has to be a monopoly of currency for it. It needs to be widely available and used within that monopoly and used and solely and only by everyone, right? And it's just Bitcoin is not that. If Facebook launched Libra like it was hoping to last year, now it's not going to happen. It's going to be something much more watered down. Um, it would have been cl the closest thing that any cryptocurrency has gotten to being an actual currency, but only within the Facebook-owned platforms, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, and WhatsApp. That would, that would have been the closest um, any of the cryptocurrencies would have gotten. That's not going to happen because global banking regulators and financial regulators were smart enough to realize how insanely horrible of an idea that was. Uh, so backed off that one. They were like, they knew they knew not to do that. So that's that's the problem. Bitcoin is just Michael J. Fox at the dance trying to take multiple women uh, to dinner at the same time. Just jumping in between thinking it's a security, thinking it's a currency, thinking it's a commodity. You know, it ain't it ain't, buddy. It's just a it's what, just mov a, it's what a, movie are you talking about with Michael J. Fox taking multiple women to dinner? Back to the I future think that was part um, one. No, I believe that was part of a television show. It was when he was on, oh, what was the name of that television show? Ooh, people are going to hate me for not knowing the TV show Michael J. Fox was on. Uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper? No. Uh, but that's like a, that's a trope. That's a trope. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, that, uh, we're going to go. Trope. We're going to go with that. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah. But the uh, so fun thing about the Facebook cryptocurrency is they had to change their name after they like rebranded to DM D I E M as in Carpe DM, and someone is threatening to sue Facebook because they already have that name and they're a financial product. Re Ooh, I love it! They tried to blackwater their way out of it, uh, <laughs> and it, it didn't quite work. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Um, so now well, it's gonna, so now DM is like they lost a lot of their big credit card sponsors and their banking sponsors or whatever, and now it's gonna be like a stable coin. Is what they're trying to do. And a stable coin is basically you're digitizing a currency. So the structure is identical. Instead of offering it on a dollar or on a credit card, it's being offered through a blockchain. That's all a stable coin is. Really, uh, okay. it's just. It's directly pegged to a currency. So its value is pegged to a fiat currency. Or not the fiat, not the U.S. currency, but it's tied to a nation state's currency. Yeah. And now they're trying, now Facebook might is trying to do that, but they're also still getting a lot of skeptics about that as well because it's still Mark Zuckerberg trying to manage money. It's just not going to go well. It's still, yeah, it's still old goat in the headlights just being like, but what if I could be a middle manager to everything you do? <laughs> That's what he looks like. This is what he looks like. The goat in the headlights. The classic. <laughs> yeah, that's what he looks like. It's really. Scary. I made a. I made. I made a funny face for David, just so you guys know. Yeah, this is a good TV show. The, the one. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Ponzi Scream, the TV show with Danny, the Face Man, Feltz. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that's a funny one, man. Oh, that's good. So. Uh, <laughs> 
Moving on, the next thing we're going to talk about, <laughs> uh, the next subject is, uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal, but it's been covered elsewhere. Uh, we're going to look at it from the journal. Basically, we're going to talk about the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act. And most of us know about it from, yes. from the, the grandstanding that these disgusting libs uh, have been That's putting right. forward. In order to prevent the hardworking elected servants of our grand democratic republic to not be able to drink eggnog with their family on New Year's Eve. And, That's right. Yeah. And their grandstanding uh, and their desire to destroy the federal government prevented. Uh, some beautiful people from being able to kiss on New Year's Eve together. And yeah, they may have actually prevented some, some babies from being born from fall people from falling in love. Ugh. Oh my God. Uh, so just for it to make everything perfectly clear, we could spell it out. Maybe in the last two weeks, you've heard something about, um, the $2,000, uh, you know, uh, potential, um, like oh everybody gets two thousand bucks bill and then you've also heard about um uh, that's been like a very popular bill we've all heard about that mm -hmm. one but then the oh, other yeah. the other the other one the other big one that's been big going one. on is what is what David's talking about which is the bill that essentially gives the military money essentially you know it's been passed for mm -hmm. what so it gets passed mostly unanimously sixty for like sixty years and whatever. It's mm. incredible. It's incredibly unfair. Blah blah blah. All of the terrible things that the military gets is whatever it is. But about a month ago, the 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 the, the good boy president uh, had the funny idea to be like, I'm gonna veto it, which is very funny. It's it it's funny. it's a, it's objectively funny because it's breaking precedent so much and it's hilarious and. His whole thing was, is you got to get rid of Section 238, which is the clause that gives immunity for websites like Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, from being uh, persecuted by their... Um, Prosecuted, yeah, for defamation and stuff. Yeah, by what their users do. And, of course, uh, Trump not thinking about what he's... like. All he thinks about is his Twitter, so he's just thinking about that. So he's like, you got to get rid of that. And if you don't, uh, because it is connected to that clause, it's connected to that bill. If you if you don't get rid of that, I'm gonna veto it, and which is again very funny. Uh, and what he happened? Also wanted to create a commission that would look into the massive voter fraud that led to Joe Biden's election. And that was the other part of it. Yeah, and they wanted to do. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. If you were gonna say that. No, and, no, I wasn't. I for, I totally forgot about it. And so then that's why there's two of us. And so they wanted to have that <laughs> and they wanted to have, he wanted to get CDA 230 repealed and he wanted the $2,000 before he, any of those, all those things signed before we got the NDAA signed. But interesting thing about these bills is there's a lot of weird stuff that goes into them. It's not like, the crazy thing about the $740 billion that we give to the military every year out of the kindness of our hearts and the preservation of our empire is uh, we have a lot of weird things that go into it. And this is how laws are made now. Like we don't, they all have really 
shitty clotted together acronyms. They usually like the CARES Act or it's they're all they're all secure acts. These are all these very uh usually cloying words. I don't, I don't I don't I don't like I don't like that we do this now. Like can we just call things like boring acronyms like the NLRA? Just it's fine. It doesn't have to be called the Work Act or whatever, the Pro Act. It's dumb. It's bad it's bad form. Another weird thing that happens in Congress is whenever there's a bill passed, it, there's no there are no more clean bills. Clean bills don't happen. What happens is things like the NDAA, which includes a huge law that very likely is going to happen that would make company ownership of LLCs more transparent uh, is a rule intended to combat money laundering and the financing of terrorism? Terrorism? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. See, see, yeah. So what, yeah, what, what David is saying is these, is in reality, these laws, they're not just like, we have the Congress of something, something, something. It's like maybe it starts that way, but then it goes on for literally 5,000 pages. Practically what this means, like I said, is there's a bill. It's 5,000 pages long. And because uh, Congress is literally full of baby brains, they don't read the bill. Uh, the bills are all written by other people, whether they're good or bad. And a lot of times... Shit just kind of gets shoehorned in there. Just kind of gets like hidden and, in the corner. And this one's really good. I mean, it's, it's not surprisingly like, good. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the thing that got shoehorned is like something that's been some effort that's been pushed for years by anti-corruption advocates. So what it would do, it would require U.S. companies to register their true owners, their beneficial owners, and attempt to discourage the use of anonymous shell companies for illicit means or otherwise. And it would also create a new whistleblower program to encourage people to report potential violations of anti-money laundering laws. So mm -hmm. there are a lot of redundant financial regulators. There's a lot of different ones working all at once. And one of the things that the, they, one of them is this conglomerate of financial regulators called FinCEN. We've talked about them before. Uh, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. They're the ones who get these suspicious activity reports. We talked about that from that BuzzFeed story that was it made it that was huge last year. And this law is a big would like address these sorts of things very very well. I mean, if you want to tackle money <laughs> laundering, like it's so beneficial ownership is not just saying like okay, who owns this LLC. Well, actually, it's actually owned by another LLC, which is actually owned by another LLC. Beneficial ownership, I think, has to be who is the actual person at the like within the Matryoshka doll, at the very center of yeah. the Russian doll. What is the actual person? Who's the beneficial owner? And you have to disclose that to FinCEN, from what I understand. And what that's going to do is... It's not going to be something that's going to be publicly available, but financial regulators can look at it, which is a pretty great thing. Like pretty cool. Pretty cool. Like there's that's good. That's a nice that's a nice good thing. And it's um why can't we just have that bill? You know, like 
why does it have to be in the NDAA? Well, I mean, it's just one of those. I mean, it's it's very funny because again, I've I've mentioned him once already in the podcast, but it's one of those things where it's it's probably bad for Mitt Romney. Like it's probably bad for him, <laughs> but like <laughs> there's no way he even knew that this was part <laughs> of this bill. Like he absolutely wasn't thinking about it, and it, it kind of s- speaks to uh, the state of like uh, you know an intelligence of like how things get done these days. It's like yeah, you gotta be a sneaky little bitch about it and hide it in this. But that's the funny part is that this isn't even for the people who are necessarily trying to out money launderers or people who are not being, uh, they're not disclosing where, what they own or whatever. They're trying to prevent like a thing that doesn't happen. Like they're, or, 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 or far that happens far less. They're trying to, they're, they're a bunch of like, um, fucking you know dads in the middle of like uh wisconsin who are like i am trying to prevent the child uh the child trafficking laws from from affecting this and it just and they're uh they're like this bill must be passed and it's like okay we'll pass the bill because actually it inadvertently stops rich people from trying to you know store you know their money in corrupt places it's like, oh, if you if you make the thing that's bad actually bad, it, it it's going to affect both sides of the coin. It's going to affect people who are doing it illicitly and then people who are just like lawful evil, you know, if right. that makes sense. Right. There's so the like apparently according to the article, it's going to be like an extra half an hour of work that someone's going to have to do. They're going to have to disclose their name, birthday, address and government issued ID number like a passport or driver's license of the company's beneficial owners, okay? Then existing companies only have, like, two years to comply. I mean, this is not a huge amount of work, but there's still, like, small business advocates that are like, this is just the straw that broke the camel's back of excessive regulation. It's like, you literally have to put in your, write down your name. You have to write down your this name. Is, this, is, this is the equivalent of reporting a car alarm going off on 311. <laughs> or three three one one yeah call, three one one okay. that that's the that's the level of uh, of energy it's gonna take and uh, again look at who's complaining because the people who are complaining are not innocent <laughs> they're bad yeah uh, it's that is worth pointing out absolutely and if we just think about how over the last like five years like what have been some of the most outrageous financial international financial scandals, right? There was like the Panama Papers, which basically no one ever heard anything about ever again. And I think the lead journalist on that ended up getting assassinated. No one ever talks about that. There was the FinCEN files, which again, yeah, we talked about it on the show. Nothing, nothing. There's been no conversation about it. Basically, uh, there was something even before the Panama Papers that I can't remember right now, and. It's just generally known that, like, the Cayman Islands and, like, Bermuda, all of these little island states are the Seychelles now is kind of, like, consider this, like, Isle of Man. Like, if you work in the financial sector, these are just, like, known weird little places where a lot of money is hidden. 
And all of these finance, all some of the biggest high level financial crimes are as a result of LLCs being registered in these islands. And yeah, uh, you know, ta- these little ta- offshore tax havens, even the Panama Papers was in Panama. And that's yeah, an isthmus. It, that's not an island. That's an isthmus. It's it's connecting South America to Central America, my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. And it's not it's not even general culture. It is popular culture. There have been so many movies of a rich guy going to Barbados right. <laughs> to get his money. Everybody knows about this. It's more yeah, of it's a cliche. cliche than a, yeah. It's more of a cliche than a money than like an, a monocle these days. Yeah, basically, it's the 21st century monocle and. If there was a law that made monocles illegal in 1905, that would have been a good improvement. Woo! You would have been. You would have seen a lot of fucking robber barons. Just like, wait, where's where am I? Where's my where's my gold? I could I could see it broadly speaking, but it's it's I can't see it in detail. My monocle. <laughs> my. My eyesight, it's so poor. I can't I can't operate this monopoly anymore because I'm blind. I'm blind. <laughs> I'm blind. Um so I mean that that is it's it's a nice thing. And mm-hmm. if you think about it in kind of a structural level, the only way that we're gonna be able to get taxes managed, that we're gonna crack down on this like international corruption, tax evasion, money laundering, all this stuff is if we prevent the American people from getting $2,000. So (laughs) it creates this weird Faustian bargain where you're like, do we want there to be corruption or do you want $2,000? I I mean, well, first of all, it's do you want $1,400? Because I guess, I mean, I guess we get $600. Do we get $600? I think we're going to get $600. We get get $600. We get it's a we get six hundred dollars, but then it's just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want? Yeah, this is uh, let's make this is just let's make a deal on on the U.S. government stage where you got Wayne right. Brady holding holding up a box, right. and it's just like, do you want the box or do you want the BMW? Yeah. And and <laughs> in the box is like a bigger BMW, but it also might be hamburger shoes. Right. Uh, this, this you know. is this is the marshmallow test. Uh, but for every single American citizen, just to see whether they're gonna take the two thousand dollars now or in the long term, have like a much more transparent global financial system, and it's fucked up to frame it like that. But it's also like, I mean, it's a system, so it could get bogged down in whatever way things get bogged down. You know, obvious. I mean, like I'm speaking broadly here, but like you know. Obama had a pandemic task force. Trump dis- disabled the pandemic tra- task force. You know, uh, things change from administration to administration. And even though stuff like the Fed is like less um, controlled by those like kind of wavy daily day to day politics and stuff like, I mean, some honestly, it, it, it's like. I guess we'll just have to see. I guess we'll just have to see to see. We'll have, we'll have to see. To see. We'll have, we'll to, have see to see because because the choice, quite frankly, has already been basically chosen. All right, they pat they passed the bill. We're probably not gonna get two thousand dollars at this point. No, no, <laughs> we're probably not gonna get to that. So whatever, uh, your means fate like hundreds of it's sealed. It's yeah. sealed. It's sealed. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. 
I mean, the a lot of enforcement stuff from like my time covering the SEC, there is like a decrease in enforcement activity and they change focus from SEC to SEC. That's certainly true. But there's some things that like whether you're a Republican or a Democrat in terms of like financial enforcement, open corruption, naked corruption, you can't like n- you can't dodge that level type of enforcement action. Like it doesn't matter. Like for the most part, if you're even if you're coming from like a you know white shoe high profile law firm that represents Wall Street, and you're going to go back there after your time at the SEC, you still have to do your job ostensibly as a financial enforcer of law. And there's go like. So one thing that's good about this is if is like FinCEN is still going to have it, it doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or a Republican, FinCEN is still going to have some obligations to review it, to review these new LLC registrations and see like oh, there's just Jelaine Maxwell is the owner of Chuck E Cheese's oh we should probably take a look at that we should take a look you know I we I kind to. of almost I I look at it. So, you know, the metaphor people always say or the saying, like, there's a there's a lot of smoke, but no gun. I fire fire fire. There's a lot of fire. Well, <laughs> well, or let's just say gun. Let's say let's say gun in this okay, case for okay, the, for the pur- okay. for the purpose of visualization. <laughs> you know, where's that the one, gun? you know, that one metaphor that where, no one says that I'm using for one. Inst- okay. Look, look. For, for, for if I want to get real semantic about it, guns make smoke a very small amount of it, but okay, it's okay. okay. You're right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so people, people, people are always like, "There's no smoke, but there's no gun." All right. With the current way people move their money around, or rich, rich people, or companies, or whatever like that, um, you know, like I said, you know, you have people like Apple and Facebook and stuff taking their money throwing it to Ireland, throwing it back to Switzerland, throwing it to Luxembourg, back to Ireland, and then that's what it is. So the metaphor then turns into Tim Cook holding the gun and there's no and there's smoke coming out of it, but he's saying, "You didn't see me shoot. You didn't see, you didn't see me do right. it, so it's not true. It's not true yet." So I think what this regulation might do is it really probably will it'll do two things. It'll catch the stupidest people. That's for sure. Like the du- the dumbest people in the world who do this stuff, it, I think it probably will catch them because they're going to be like, duh, right. boom. You know, they're going to they're, they're gonna be doing that. But then there is going to be this flip side of the coin where you're going to have a whole a room absolutely filled to the brim with smoke. Tim Cook still holding the gun. Smoke is pouring out of this gun now. And he's like, no, you didn't see me fire it. So I think it's I think it's gonna it's gonna exacerbate that situation and really show the hypocrisy in that system even more. Oh yeah. I don't I don't know if big players will really this be being I mean a public companies public companies don't have to they're exempt from this. So Yeah. So like Tim you what you were talking about is like Tim Cook's personal LLC that is controlling all of his personal assets. Because Apple's not have, doesn't have to deal with this new law at all, so any like you know corporate tax evasion that is you know been the, become the bane of most people's existence in this country uh, is not affected by this. This is sure sure people 
laundering their money. And the idea is to stop terrorism or whatever that means. But like the idea is to crack down on that. That's maybe that's why it's ostensibly in the defense bill, right? Because there's a lot of laws about, you know, a lot of financial regulators track if you're sending money to a family member who happens to be located in, you know, northeastern Syria or, you know, sure. southeastern Turkey or northwestern Iraq, and they just happen to be there and uh, just on vacation. Or if they're, you know, taking a break uh, from their study abroad and they're going to Mogadishu for vacation, you know, things like that. Though That sort of stuff financial regulators are looking for because there's a they're looking for, you know, it is illegal to fund terrorism and you can get uh, terrorism charges. It is indeed illegal to fund terrorism. <laughs> Folks, you've heard it here first on this episode. You heard it here first. On this I, episode. Honestly, I think it's going to be just great for us because long-term situation, you're going to get a lot of wackos who are going to go to jail for their, their ski-doo, you know. <laughs> uh, company, <laughs> companies getting buzzed. It's going to, I think it's, it's, it's going to be great for the pod. I'll tell you that right now. It's going to be great for the pod. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, generally, I think, I mean, I wouldn't imagine. And it's going to be bad for Trump. Uh, to yeah, it's going to be bad for him. His shit is all yeah. over the place. It's so messy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not going to retroactively affect him in his past activity and companies. I think have two years to come. People have two years to comply with it. But uh, in the future, uh, he's got, you know, he's going to have to be careful. So, anyways, you know, that's you know that that's, that's what happened. Screen. That's what got passed. That was one of the weird little things that did get passed in in that bill. Um, I mean, everybody out there, you please still recognize that the people who are like, we have to support our military. They're still they're still bad. Dick Durbin is still a dumb shit. Okay, yeah, like yeah. all the people who are like, we gotta name all the bases where we train to kill people to kill and dehumanize them and make them feel more cult like. We gotta make sure that Robert E. Lee's name isn't on them anymore. <laughs> you know, like oh yeah, like, ludicrous, absolutely. Like th- that 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 part is very silly. But again, the way the law works in the 21st century is now you just like bloop get these happy little accidents every once in a while you and know it's, it's 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 laundering its own thing like it, it is its own form of laundering through this jingoistic empire bill you're yeah throwing in this weird little yeah. thing that actually might do some good for financial regulation and it's um you know the the medium has become the message in that in that regard uh, who's, it's who's laundering the launderers. You know, <laughs> like yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that seems like a good place to stop. Yeah. Uh, good, good pod. Glad we could talk about it. Um, I hope you guys feel positive about the new year. Um, I don't really try to subscribe too much to that kind of slightly like, um, things, but Hey, January is, uh, my birthday month, you know? So Happy it's always birthday, fun. Daniel. It's always fun. Yes, that's right. January seventh, uh, I'll be turning. Was did Christ turn thirty three? Christ died at age thirty three. Okay, good. I will be Christ. I will be Christ age this year. I'll mm-hmm. be thirty three. Very excited about that. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I uh, have a good one. Uh, I hope you're enjoying this unseasonably warm New York weather. If you do live in the tri-state area, uh, if not, 
Um, you know, I'm sorry about that. Uh, sorry that you don't live in New York, folks. Sorry you don't live in. So you don't live in the fucking 27 rings best best city in the world. <laughs> best city in the world. I need a new roommate. Please help me. I need a roommate. Yeah, please, please <laughs> do that. Uh, Shouts out to my nephew Micah. He just got born. Yes, born uh, uh, January 2nd. So uh, you can call me Uncle David now, Danny, if you want to. Oh, that's some strong Capricorn energy from David. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Takes one to know one. Uh, Ponzi, Ponzi, Ponzi scream. And that's it. Good night. Goodbye.